everyone, this is William Del Pilar. You're a conservative Latino, but more importantly, you're a fantasy sports pioneer. And I am here with my good friend and partner, Big John. John, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, William. I feel I'm feeling old today. I my bones are a little creaky, but the mind is still sharp. So I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do this thing with you tonight. And you know, I'm gonna say it. God bless your heart people y'all may not know but but john has a disabled child and who means the world to him he's made a lot of sacrifices for the for, for that kid and you can't do anything but honor people like that because it's easy to put a kid somewhere and uh not and not think twice so god bless you john and i'm glad you're here for the show thank you brother thank you and we have a pretty good show i think first i think of so all, too well not first of all but john's gonna talk to us about taxes because we may not know it and he may not know it but Tyreek Hill made a conservative move when he signed with the Miami Dolphins and John will break that down and he had a great comment on Zach Wilson that I love you know we're also going to talk about Deshaun Watson not, not big John I mean when, when, when the term the name Deshaun Watson is mentioned now what's that mean it means getting a little side action. Exactly. So we've discovered there's somebody else who didn't like the way they were forced into giving them some side action. And we're going to talk about that. Then we're going to talk about a cool classic, Constantine, hmm. the movie. For right. those who uh, may not remember, it was a big budget flick, made money, mixed reviews, came and went, and we never heard of it. But what people may not realize, especially those uh, who don't follow comics, it's got a massive fan base to feed off. And we're going to talk a little bit about that for fun at the end of the segment and maybe more stuff. But Big John, let's get down to it. Sure. Deshaun Watson, mm. you know, our, our our good friend. <laughs> I say good friend because as much as we've talked about him, right? you know, short term, his stance in the NFL does not change. But another woman came through stating that, uh, she was forced to have uh, uh, so, some some play with him. You want to explain uh, what happened? Yeah, so it's basically a 26 civil lawsuit, no criminal charges. A uh, woman, it's the same story. Unfortunately, it's the same story. It's a civil lawsuit that he hired her to be a masseuse, a massage therapist. Uh, he She came over, and at some point, he basically took his towel off, pointed to his junk, and said, how about you hop on? Allegedly. Hop on the grave train. Yeah, there you go. Uh, time to ride the pony. But anyway, um, so it's that it's almost the same story as the other lawsuits allege. Um, except what's notable about this is uh, she isn't represented by Tony Busby, which m m most, if I think all but one of the previous um, plaintiffs had Busby as a representative. She's Correct. she's got different representation. I don't know if that makes too much of a difference for people, but it is what it is. Well, actually, John, don't you yeah. think that would make a big difference in terms of if anything ever goes to a jury? I mean, Busby's a public figure, and there's a lot out there for the jury to read up on. I would imagine that may not help the cause. So do you think having uh, this not being a Busby attorney uh, long term could make a difference? It might. I, I don't know if it's like enough to be impactful in the sense that uh, it's going to break anybody's bank. You know, I think so. I, I think at the end of the day, this will get settled out um, just like the others have for the most part. And if we're going to say, do we think it affects his NFL prospects at all? I would say no. Um, the NFL is. <laughs> 
I, I, yeah, I was going to say, William, I don't know about your opinion. What I'm thinking here is that unless criminal charges are filed against them that stick, the one civil lawsuit after the other, the NFL has already taken that black guy. They've already taken that on the chin. Uh, they've already meted out punishment for that sort of thing. Uh, unless there's like multiples of 25, 30 additional women. I mean, I think when you get to that level, it might be um, something that might have an impact on them. At this stage, I think everyone is expecting the 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 two or three straggler cases, the ones that come bringing up the rear. I think, not to make jokes out of it, but I think those were almost expected. Like, it's sort of like you're getting 11 games, you're getting fined 5 million, you're getting sent for behavioral uh uh, behavioral uh, adjustment therapy. Uh, and you know what? This will cover in case there's three or four more that kind of trot in late, you know, whether they're legitimate or not, you know, that'll cover that. But well, uh, like, unless someone, unless someone, unless there's a criminal charge filed somewhere, maybe outside of Texas, maybe if he took his show on the road or whatever, um, maybe. But I well, think right now, no. Yeah, not, not to interrupt, but but you're you're correct. The official uh, uh, scenario or situation is that the the, uh, the settlements and and combined with the contract, looking at it as a whole, uh, anything from 2019 through this scenario is covered. So since this was part of that scenario, even though it's a different lawyer, a different woman, the NFL. Uh, and and the Browns, at least uh, officially and unofficially, have gone okay. We knew this that, and the reason they they agreed to this that if more women came forward, but it was from that those same years, right? Is because remember there are allegedly up to sixty six women, if not more, and Busby only represents twenty five, and twenty four of the twenty five that settled out. So he still has one, and 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 I do believe these are the smart women because look. At the end of the day, he can claim his innocence. And I semi-believe it, meaning I believe there's two sides. I was an ex-sailor, people. And being an ex-sailor, I always joke. But on the serious side, this scenario, last week, two weeks ago, three weeks, you know, that's how sailors are. And I'm not defending it. What I'm saying is life can be ugly in many ways. Uh, 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 and women have to be strong and, and they have to be able to protect right. themselves. Because the sailors I'm talking about weren't good people. They right, were just right. people who, uh, uh, and people may not realize, in the old days, the, the, the command would help the sailor out. they ship him off somewhere. They'd hide him. They'd keep him on base. Because at one time, the police weren't allowed on base. This was right. decades upon decades when, when, before we were even born. But the point is, uh, this is something in the military you, you see more often than not. So it's going to remain unchanged. If a woman comes from before this cycle or since, then it's no holds barred and the NFL and the Browns, the Browns can get out of the contract and the NFL could probably redress this punishment. But for this woman, nothing is going to happen. But that said, again, she's one of the smart ones. I think when you get in that 24 batch women, your price is going to be a lot less. And I'm sorry people, but that's how lawsuits work. It's about money. Money causes pain. Mm. And, and John's right. The lawyer is not going to make, she's going to make a big difference, but she will not, she's going to make a big difference because when they see Busby, the perception, oh, it's a man for some other people right. and the perception or he has 25 of these women. He's just looking for money. The perception of a woman, you know, is there's a fellow woman. 
and the perception that she's not attached to Busby gives her greater gravitas. But that said, she's not going to win the election. She could lose it. I'm sorry, the the the, the trial. She right. could lose it, but she's not going to win it. The witness is where all of this will happen. So Deshaun Watson has hopefully put millions away uh, 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 with this situation, just in case. But there's no doubt his lawyers have told him, you're not done paying up, son. Be glad it's a fully guaranteed contract. Right. So, so, so with that said, uh, Big John, my question to you, though, comes to football now. Uh, uh, Deshaun Watson is allowed back on the grounds for, well, first of all, let's backtrack. Watson has still denied all of this, saying never uh, uh, did anything wrong. In fact, he was apologetic until he came to a deal. Then he then he showed his ugly ass truth. Uh, I'm innocent. I ain't never done anything. Blah, 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 blah. But before that, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, oh can you forgive me? You know, it's, it's tales of, of, of a liar. It, see, in my eyes, Deshaun Watson will always be a liar because he said one thing to get his plea deal done, and then he came out with his truth uh, uh, on the other side. That's a man with no gravitas, a man with no compassion, no heart, no spine. That's a coward at heart. Uh, but that said, the deal was he would sit out his first 11 games of the season. He would pay a $5 million fine. He would undergo, John, professional treatment from behavioral clinicians. Yep. So, Mr. Watson... When you want to grab your Johnson, this is what we suggest you do. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you have a, a subscription to Pornhub, Mr. Watson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it, so, so in essence, his, his status has, has unchanged. Oh, here it is, John. Just found in my notes. Uh, uh, the period was from 2019 to 2021 and may have had about 66 women or more. So his contract pretty much runs from that 2019 to that 2021 period. Anything before or after, the Browns have their out, and the NFL can right. re-enter this and going, you're not the man you were telling us. Now, he's able to enter the Browns facility, uh, but can't practice until the team, until uh, a month from now, November 14th. And as long as he fulfills all these terms, he will be eligible to return December 4th, and ironically, a game against you, Big John. Probably Houston Texans. Houston Texans. Yep. So, so, so. By the way, I'm not, I'm convinced that isn't an accident, by the way. Oh, you know what? The buzz, as in Busby, will go a long way in creating a sellout, uh, you know, and all that. So, 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 real quick, you know, Tony Busby, 23, 24. Uh, the woman's name is Lauren Baxley, and she's smart. And here's why she's smart. When I say you're smart means making the right move. What makes it righteous is when it's the truth. So it's a no brainer move. And she said that she refused to settle. This is her quote. Uh, I want I want to give New York Times credit here in part because they have not included any sincere acknowledgement of remorse and wrongdoings. And to me, she is the moment Watson came out after the deal was, was, was done with the NFL showed his true feelings, which was no remorse. Right. And to me, he has sunk himself by another few million with those remarks because that lawyer is going to eat him up. Well, Mr. Watson, sounds like to me, like blah, 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 blah. And yeah. if, however he attacks that lawyer back on the stand, it's going to look like an angry black man attacking a young Asian woman. I'm assuming she's Asian with new one. But yeah. I mean, 
William, you're stereotyping. Now, come on, Nguyen, N-G-Y-E, you know, come on. Yeah, that's Vietnamese or Thai, exactly. one or the other, yeah. There's a yeah. lot of Vietnamese. I went, I had, on a side note, I was very, very good friends with these two college kids, your boyfriend, girlfriend, invited to their weddings, we were close. And uh, he would speak English, John, and I'd have to look at we. we so what did he say? She was translating his English because the accent was so, so thick. Yeah. 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 And even in class, when the professor noticed me doing it, I could sense, oh, thank God, there's somebody who can interpret him. I can't right. Him. Yeah. Right. But we were proud of him. The guy was in college. He was one year from graduating as an accountant and was already working for one of, I guess, the big six at the time. Yeah, yeah, the accounting firms. Yeah. 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 But anyway, uh, uh, my question to you, getting back to Watson is, the team is four and six right now. Two of their wins, I'd say one was earned, another was a bit of a fluke. Do you think that they're, they're on the road? To, do you think they're going to be competitive? I, I guess what I'm asking is they've got to start him no matter what. Right. They got to see what they got. Out of it. Do they kind of keep him on the sidelines, you know, to keep him out of the public side? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I, he has to hit the field because. Well, first of all, we discussed about it. The whole contract was a mistake from the start. Even if they did sign him, guaranteeing him that money, we've talked about it. We don't need to go too deep into it. But there's, first of all, every other owner, every other team hates the Browns for what they did. Because now all their quarterbacks, want, like we saw it with Lamar Jackson. The biggest one. The, arguably the best overall quarterback in the league, despite the team's record. He wants a guaranteed contract. Right. What do you think Josh Allen's going to ask for next? No, uh, nothing, because he's like on 10 years. A uh, Buffalo Bills, because I asked the same thing like three or four weeks ago on a yeah. different topic about it, and they reminded me, he just signed a 10-year contract. Oh, yeah. he No, him and Mahomes have long-term yeah. contracts. Yeah. But you don't – how many times have we seen long-term contracts mean nothing to a player, right? They'll be like, okay, I'm going to sit out, you know, because now I want it guaranteed. But anyway, um, if, if I'm the Browns, as long as he's healthy, when he comes back, they should let him play the last four or five games of the season. He's He needs that playing time. See, it's You're not right. just the 11 games this season. He didn't play all of last year. So when you think about it, by the time he takes the field, what is it, week 13, week 12, what, whichever week it is, that means it'll be almost two full years since he played, since he took a meaningful snap. I'd like well, to know what, what I've invested 230 million bucks in, William, wouldn't you? I would, I would I have agree. to see him. I, I would agree. have to see him. I agree. And not only that, John, is uh, he's played three seasons, 2014, 15, and 16. And uh, 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 I'm not even sure he he played a full season in, 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 in every one of those, those seasons. So there's a lot of questions. That's why I would never have given him the contract for the simple fact that he's not a winner in terms of uh, having led a team anywhere. Uh, uh, the previous coach, gosh, I'm trying to, uh, Bill, Bill, what's his name? Uh, you mean in Houston? Yeah. Texas. Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. He was actually a pretty solid coach. And we've had this discussion where even with mediocre, uh, quarterbacks, he was able to get his team in the playoffs. So the, Deshaun Watson really hasn't proven anything in the NFL. Uh, so he, you're right. They got to get him on the field. And I think it's better to, uh, uh, to uh, deal with the adversity uh, now, the next season. Oh, and for the record, so uh, he did play some uh, almost complete seasons. I stand corrected. 2018, uh, 16 games. 2019, 15. 2020, 16. You know, so I guess he now, only missed one game. Yeah, so I was wrong. I was thinking of that ACL tear. 
and him coming in. Boy, I'm glad uh, somebody shoved the notes in front of me. Correction, William. <laughs> but that said, he, he still hasn't seen the field enough to show me that he can take a team and put it on his shoulders because Bill O'Brien's teams could get to the. Uh, I I mean I I understand what you're saying, but look I'm not going to let this situation retrofit my observations of him. I thought he was one of the best young quarterbacks in the game. He had he had all the physical tools. Uh, there were games. I there was one game I remember where he got poked in the eye. Uh, and he played the rest of the game with one eye shut, basically. It showed oh, yeah. me he had some guts, too, you know, like Baker Mayfield to some extent. And uh, so I'm not, I'm going to try to be honest from the football perspective and say, yeah, he hasn't won much, to your point. At the, like, if that's your criterion, then yeah, you're right. No, 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 John, that's a great question. I hate to interrupt, but yeah. that brings up a great point I want the audience to understand. The quarterback position is a position not just of somebody who can make plays on the field, but of leadership. Right. And and I, I think when you look at past champions, consistent franchises, their quarterback has always been a leader both on and off the field. And my issue with Watson is, can he be a leader? I've never questioned his talent, but the reason I've always been a little down on him because he's, uh, uh, he's a bit too daring. He'll take a lot of chances. And in, in the NFL, I get to see a running quarterback uh, have a career without without losing part of a season and his happened in college and that you know so he came in already not being able to play remember yeah he could yeah no they, they they took a chance on him and, and yeah, like yeah. i but, said but that's uh, my point is yeah he's already yeah. sent for the injury and so he's going to be susceptible more as he gets older but i don't know if he's shown the ability to be a leader off the field and to me honestly it's like it's it's like uh, uh the denver quarterback uh, uh russell wilson getting a lot of flack this season but he was always seen as a leader obviously brady uh yeah i'm trying to think gosh uh you know patrick mahomes is a young brash leader you never hear anything you always hear talking about how he takes control of a situation and sometimes you can be so good on the field that just naturally transcends into respect in the locker room so you don't have to do as much work and that's where Mahomes comes in so I apologize for interrupting you John but to me that's the whole point of the conversation about is Deshaun Watson worth it because we know he has the skills on the field uh, oh yeah I, yeah I mean, no look he's not worth the 230 million guarantee no one even, is even with two to three Super Bowls. Have you brought them in? No. All right. I know. I'm not arguing. I'm just no, no. That. Well, answer your answer your own question with this. Has has Tom Brady ever got 230 million guarantee? Oh no, no, no. I don't disagree with you. Yeah. I just think there are a lot of people out there who say he's worth it. No, and, he's not. He's not worth it. He's not worth it at all. Not even close. And, and the reason I don't think the Browns will ever be competitive with him is eventually the salary cap bites you in the tail. Oh and, yeah. And That's all it. these quarterbacks, Rodgers, uh, Breeze, uh, you, you know, they, they had the one and done. It's because salary caps have destroyed them. Not to mention, okay, to defend the teams, when you have players on free agents coming from Super Bowl winners, opposing teams tend to overpay, so you're going to yes. lose some of the nucleus. But you usually end up getting to the Super Bowl because you've mortgaged, mortgaged the cap. And the Rams, we're seeing that right now partially because of a lack of depth. Yes, People, you need to understand when when we talk these salary cap casualties, it's we're talking to depth because you can sit there and create a paper mache that looks like the most beautiful thing you've ever seen, and boop, you poke a hole in it. Yeah, you, it's like building a fantasy team, and then all of a sudden your left tackle goes down, and you realize you're getting street 
street tackles to take his place because you have no talent left on, yeah. on the roster. And the Rams are the best example I could think of in recent memory who had a great starting unit and literally nothing underneath. Exactly. And, and that's and that's what a lot of these Super Bowl representative teams yeah. Usually if they got a quality guy, it's that veteran who's been in the league 10, 12, 13 years and would kill his mother and throw her under the right. bus and do a dance on her for a Super Bowl ring. You right, know? right. So, uh, so that's my only question. And, and we're belaboring the point. So Watson, nothing has changed. It's just a new woman. And in our news cycle, that's why he's in the news. But at the end of the day, I think what his future and his legacy will boil down if he could transcend the field and his uh, talent and overcome this this off the field issue and become a leader. Because the only way he's going to overcome it, I think, is by being a leader on the field and then translating that to into the locker room. Right, and I do right. not think the Browns have the culture nope. uh, to foster that. And the salary cap, I think, will eventually prevent him. I mean, John, they had a uh, before we, we leave the topic. Their defense on paper. It was supposedly one of the league, if not the league's best. And they're two and four. And and Brissett has not been playing terrible football. No. I mean, he, he's been up and down a bit, but he's been playing enough football to where I think if the defense was as it was supposed to be on paper and what all the so-called analysts said, their record shouldn't be two and four. You know, they have a strong running game too. Or I'm sorry, they had supposedly on paper two strong rushers right and they uh, they they do have a strong running game there you go then. um their defense probably not as good as it was last year um but they still have miles garrett who's playing well but yeah you're right look i mean the browns are a mess the they were not one player away they thought yeah, they were one anymore. player away they thought they were one player away but they're not I, I don't think they even thought that when just looking at the receiver core alone it was again salary cap they they needed money, so they got they got rid of their best receivers. Who, who's with the Saints now? Oh, Jarvis Landry. They got Jarvis rid of Jarvis Landry. Landry Odell Beckham God, because he couldn't get along. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. They're they're in a bad. They're not in a good shape over there. They're not yeah. in good shape. I gotta be honest. I'm laughing at it all because that's all I can do is I laugh at the stupidity of young men. Why? You're right. I think all of us knew it. The second this deal got signed, you and I both went, "Oh my God, what did they do?" And then as soon as it got signed, both of us also said, this is going to destroy the NFL. Unless the other owners just decide to collude, this is going to destroy the NFL. Because now, like we said, Lamar Jackson's asking for that kind of money. But, but you uh, know, you just said collude, though. And I'll be honest. No, no. I, collude. I, co by collude, I mean, okay, let me take that back. Collude's the wrong word. I think this contract opened the eyes of every single owner to say... I will not make that mistake. I know. It's like I get so angry at these left. I, I just call them left wing, but 10, 15, 20 years ago, they didn't. But even that far back when they would say, well, this rule came down and, you know, there's accusations or there's people who suspect the NFL is colluding. No, they just have common sense. You know? yeah. Colludes the <laughs> colludes the wrong word. Yeah. But 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 the the function is the same. That they, yeah, they, exactly. They've all had their exactly. eyes opened and they're like, Hey, for, if we're going to survive as a business, we can't we can't fall into this because people don't realize, uh, or some people don't realize, William, in the NFL, many if not all of the contracts are negotiated on the basis of the previous high contract, right, and the previous low contract, right, 
And what's an agent's job to get you? If you're the best player, you got to get $1 more than the previous high. And if you're a good agent for a lousy player, you got to get $1 more than the lowest one. Right. And that's the way the NFL is. That's why salaries keep going up every year. So now right now, said, yeah. that said, you're right. And the NFL never deals with it. They dealt with it uh, because of the, the 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 Sam Bradford just killed. That was the last, we can't do this anymore. Giving an excess of 60 million guaranteed to an unproven rookie when there are I don't know, statistically at least 40 to 60% of them are bust and that's money. Yeah. So, so what do they do? Instead of dealing with it, they create a rule. Yeah. So technically they get a collusion in one form or the other, you know, but John, let's move on here. Uh, I want John to educate us. What is the libertarian take on, 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 on income tax? And before you answer to the audience, I want him to answer this or I'm asking them specifically because I believe both Democrats and Republicans, we are ideology. I believe libertarianism is a philosophy, uh, but it's a philosophy built on, for lack of a better word, common sense. You know, I just think they have their own extreme issues. But for the most part, I think their common sense is kind of our structure, our base, you know, and from there, our ideologies twisted up. But my point right. being is the libertarian take is the purest, usually the simplest. And to be honest, once it's explained, the easiest to understand. Because I tell you, John, you libertarians love to write with big words and crap. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thomas Sowell, you are not. Oh, that's right. Thomas Sowell, one of the good ones. But yeah, so look, when it comes to taxation, the libertarian philosophy boils down to one thing. All taxation is theft. It's theft. Why? That's all there is Why? to it. Why? Yeah, it's theft because... Um, by definition, when something is taken from you without your permission, that is definitionally theft. And taxation involves the state at large taking your wealth against your will. If, if you were willing to pay your taxes, you wouldn't have an IRS. You wouldn't have armed agents of the state that can come to your house, confiscate your money, throw you in jail, possibly even kill you over non-payment of taxes. So, John, ta yeah, uh, I, I just got to, I'm throwing a jab in his side. Sure, John, go ahead. I, 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 but I say it jokingly because it's so ironic. And why is it that we are not up in arms for our taxes and how much we pay? Tell yeah, us a I, I know what you're getting at. And it's, it is irony. It's the biggest irony on the planet. So for those that don't know, one of in my opinion, the greatest uh, libertarians in the last hundred years. And the reason he was a good libertarian, before I tell you his name, most people will know. If you know me, you know who I'm going to talk about. Um, the reason I always thought, and a lot of people thought he was a great libertarian, was because he was at heart a teacher. He was a college professor. And he never went... The, see, right now, when you see any ideologue right now, whether it's left or right, when you see them go out to preach, who do they go to? The converted. Like, oh, yeah, so you don't, yeah. My yeah. Biggest bitch, uh, with libertarians and conservatives. Yes, agreed. Yeah. So you don't see them going to try to convince the other side. Right. You see them trying to like, blah, 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 to your own people. Milton Friedman, who's the guy I'm talking about, was a Nobel Prize winning economist who um, for years, years used to preach the virtues of libertarianism and uh, liberty in general. And however, though, he 
he was also a scientist, like a real scientist. So, for example, during World War II, he helped build guidance systems uh, for for bombers. You know, right, right. Um, he was a rocket scientist, literally. Yeah, economics and yeah. and and uh, people are right now, John. They're they're going, what the hell is this guy doing? Yeah, time? well, I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there. All right. Uh, so while he was working for the government, one of the thing, which is again ironic. But one of the things he came up with, because he thought it would make life easier for everybody, was he's the one who invented the withholding tax. He's the one who proposed it to government that said, okay, we have to, you, you say you have to collect all this tax, so why not make it easy on people? Just arrange for their employers to keep what they owe out of every paycheck. So that way, at the end of the year, the average person who would have spent their tax money, right, won't get hit with these large tax bills all at once. They, they'll they have it deducted a little at a time. This was Milton Friedman's way of saying, okay, if you're going to have the evil of taxation, let's make it as painless as possible for the people. Of course, that backfired. Because well, what happened- It didn't backfire. It worked exactly uh, as- For the government. No, yeah, for the government. <laughs> yeah. Because, John, if we didn't have that, a lot of people be going to jail because yes. people do not know. Oh, I got to pay that tax. You know, they really don't know. That's how bad our education system. But, I I, uh, I agree so with you. Needed with that, and uh, well, so so to the audience out there, uh, I agree with John. I don't know a lot about economics uh, as he does. I know the basics, and when I we debate, I always make sure uh, <laughs> uh, uh, before I debate, I read up. But John has 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 so has this uh, innate ability uh, to remember quite a bit, and I believe it. If you have not seen it, go to YouTube, and it's his greatest moment. I heard somebody just mention it on television, like on Fox, uh, when they mentioned it uh, a, a few weeks ago. It's about Milton Friedman, not versus, but Milton Friedman educating Phil Donahue because some and of the greatest TV so ever. Great. I was a kid. I saw that live, not in person on television. Right, right. Uh, and even as a kid in my teens, early teens, I understood what he was saying. He was saying it in such simple terms. And, you know, my whole life, I used to always go, thank God my dad works for the government. He was in the army. Thank God, because I saw the Carter lines, this lines, right, that lines. Right. And it was the very first time I was like, I thought the government were good, were, 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 you know, helping out, you know, it kind of, whoa. You know, right. uh, uh, but the whole point, what does this have to do with Tyree Kill, John? Well, I'll tell you, because, because taxes at the end of the day should be a factor in everyone's business decisions. Uh, you're in California. I'm in New York. These are two high tax states. You, you, run a, yeah, you run a business in either one of our home states. A large chunk of it is getting eaten by the government, whether you like it or not. Oh yeah. So, when it, so Tyree Kill during the free agent period, free agency, he was he basically had his team destinations narrowed down to two teams, the Jets and the Dolphins. And everybody, believe me, here in New York, that was all you read in the papers. We're getting Tyree Kill. He's going to make Zach Wilson awesome. You know, um, he ends up going to Miami. And this past week, he revealed why. He said, "Hey, man." I took a look, look at those state income taxes. I want to keep my money. Now, the funny thing is he kept saying New York taxes, but in actuality, he would have had to pay New Jersey state taxes. Yeah, depending where he lived, though. Right. You know, well, no, either way. way. No, no. See, life in New York. I mean, no, uh, the, no, no. I've lived through this. It's, 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 an, it's a bigger horror show than that. It's 
if your employer, for, for example, let's say Tyreek Hill signed with the Jets, right. but lived in Manhattan. So he signed right. with the New but Jersey. I assume you do. Well, a lot of people do that. Not always. But let's assume that happened. That would mean that he would pay New Jersey state taxes because his employer right. is in New Jersey. But he would also pay what's known as a foreign resident tax in New York. New York wants its cut. So if you live in New York, but you get all your income from New Jersey, New York taxes you at a reduced rate. Yeah. Right? This happened to me when I worked in New Jersey for a period of time. I'm like, hey, how how did I get this new job? But I'm earning less. I don't understand how that works, right? Yeah. And the reason was because I was now paying two, two different state income taxes. So in Hill's case... At $30 million a year, he is saving, by not signing with the Jets and signing with the Miami Dolphins, he is saving $3 bucks a year in state income taxes. Think about that. 10% would have gone to New Jersey, and that's the best case scenario, meaning he's he's living somewhere in the swamps of Jersey. He, he, like, you know, he's not traveling anywhere else. 10.75%, I think, was the nominal, uh, the top nominal income for someone like him. So he would have lost a little over $3 bucks on the $30 million a year contract. You Horrible. Know, Horrible. It, it's, it's, I don't know why teams don't use this more often. My first command was in Florida in the military. And I got down there, you know, and I'm a good sailor, you know, a nice kid, you know. And then somebody started talking about, you know, the state taxes. Six months later, I was a Florida resident. I was a Florida resident for the rest of my military career until I got out and up to the last day when I was forced to sign up as a California resident. Uh, it's a difference maker. It's that much of a difference maker. But, you know, real quick, uh, before we move on, uh, uh, the, I want to hear your final comment on it. Uh, I don't, I think this is, to me, this is a great list lesson uh, in 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 how ignorant we are as a society. And what I mean by that is uh, today I've talked about some things uh, just now, you know, when you're young and you don't know things or you're stupid, you don't realize. Right. And we all go through that. Uh, but I truly believe if these players were taught the realities of how taxes work and, and, and where they play, two things would happen. They would become Republicans for the internet of the two party system. Uh, <laughs> and they would be playing uh, the Miami teams would have a and the uh, Texas teams would have a dominance never ever before seen. Uh, so so I think that Hill saw the obviousness here and uh, but there's a lesson to be learned that most people, not just the athletes uh, these young athletes, but uh, we as Americans, th- that's the lesson I see to take out of this. What about you? Well, to me, there's a couple of lessons, and I won't bore you with all of them because a lot of them get very technical, but here's some very simple ones. This is working as designed. This is the federalism that's involved in the Constitution. If If people think that state taxes are a good idea, state income taxes are a good idea, people would be moving into the states with high taxes and and out of the ones with low taxes. But all over the United States, what are we seeing? exact opposite oh yeah texas texas has no state income tax so 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 real so real quick for the audience i just want to spit out a couple of these yeah. and then we're going to move on but like t- uh tennessee doesn't have a state income tax 
but they have to pay taxes on dividend and interest, and they charge a higher state sales tax. A lot of these states will do a state sales tax. Uh, some of them do. I've heard horror stories about Texas and their property taxes. They don't have a state tax for sales, but if you own land, I guess that's where they get their uh, piece of the pie. But so for players, though, uh, who have nothing but themselves, you know, it's a great deal and, and the money is greater. Or if they're renters, if they're renters in the state they're playing in, right. that works right. out for it, them, too. And most of them probably are. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. But yeah. also look at business. Business is leaving California. Business is leaving New York. Um, uh, I was just reading about this the other day. Our former governor here in New York, uh, Andrew Cuomo, before they got him on all the sex rackets that he was pulling off in the office. Where's he moving to, Nevada and the Bunny Ranch? I, I don't know. where. Probably. He's probably got a suite there. But here's the funny part. He threatened to put an excise tax on Wall Street earnings, very specifically. Oh, that's right. That's right. And for people that don't know, in a bad year, and by bad, I mean business is down in New York, right? Wall Street provides between 70 and 80% of state revenue. That's Think right. about that. For right. every liberal out there, and this is where I, as a libertarian, will jump on the liberals. For every liberal that says the rich don't pay their fair share and blah, 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 blah. In New York State, 70 to 80% of its revenue is generated solely by Wall Street. No, you're right. And John, to add, to add what's it say, injury to... Uh, insult to injury. Insult to injury. The homeless situation is now getting up there and they're, and they're worried, that, you know, coming back and forth to work, uh, you know, of getting it, money. It, so, it's horrible. But you know what? I give the New York... Uh, the Wall Street, um, the New York Stock Exchange, I give them credit. As soon as Cuomo said that, they leaked it out to the press. Hey, guess what? Texas has high-speed internet. Yeah. And they're offering us like free real estate to go move our, you know, move our operation down there. And guess what? It'll be better off. You know, know, if anybody believes in conspiracy theories, that whole Wall Street that is the people who are ruling over us. That's their money. And they're not going to allow anybody. Well, it, it just goes to your point, though, of the whole people who understand finance view that very seriously. Oh, yeah. And and they know, like, why did Trump leave New York? Do you think Trump wanted to leave New York? He's a born oh, and Rush. raised New Yorker. Rush Limbaugh was the same way. Why but would John, you leave? They were after Rush. You know, Rush, because Rush was pretty, Rush was actually an honest, giving man. Take the politics aside, the man get, uh, uh, raised and gave away tens mm-hmm. and tens of millions. And uh, he said he stopped doing any shows, speaking events or anything in New York, because that, he, I mean, he he was like, it would red flag me. I would get audited. He goes, it was co- uh, a chance or whatever that they always say. But he goes, so he just literally had to stop Going to New York when he went to New York was nothing. Uh, well, well, you know one of my uh, friends from my Sirius XM days, um, Anthony Cumio, who runs Compound Media. He has his studio oh, in New know, York. But I know who he is. I know him. Yeah, he's a friend of mine, and he um, he was a born and bred New Yorker like myself. We were raised in this state. You know, we, we prided ourselves on being these tough New Yorkers. You know, uh, hard living, hard talking New Yorkers. He finally gave up and moved to South Carolina. Okay. That's right. That's and right. it check this out. It's cheaper for him. He bought a, what he calls a compound in South Carolina, built his own studio, built his own firing range, has several acres worth of land. Oh, very familiar with the area. I, right. North Carolina. Beautiful area, John. Comes back and forth. He flies back and forth to his New York studio 
so he can still do his shows because all the guests are in New York. And it's cheaper for him to do that nonsense than to just pay property taxes in Long Island, New York. Right. That's right. the difference. And when you look at it, why would people pay taxes? That's why it's theft. Because if you said to me, you're paying your taxes and you're getting this in return, then I can make a decision. But people now don't even get to see that. It's like, we're taking your taxes, period. I, I think, John, if at the end of the year, you Christmas would completely change. You know, because taxes be so close. So I think they would actually keep tax day like at April 15th or something like that. But I think what would happen is we would be one of the least taxed countries in the world if we had a one yearly payment, you know. Because oh, the people would not vote anybody in who supported a tax increase. Right. There would be armed revolution in the streets exactly. because we know, listen, class warfare got us to this point, meaning uh, at the turn of the 20th century, right around World War One, we didn't have an income tax. That's right. That's right. Woodrow Wilson, I think, was the first one to get yeah, it Yeah, and you know why they, they imposed it? Socialist nonsense. They said the rich are not paying their fair share, even back then. So they so, said, so, you know so what? John, what you're saying is a socialist Democrat and a libertarian have bent America over and said, we are gonna give it to you harder than anyone well means. i'd say you're half right uh the libertarian part of your equation milton friedman on his throwing milton underneath yeah. the bus no no to his deathbed he said my biggest regret in life is helping invent that withdrawal he admitted it he said it was the biggest mistake i've ever made in my life and no, i think no, i get it and, and and but you know what i say it jokingly but as you were just saying that i was thinking but it's the truth it is yeah. true. It is true. But I admit the point it. Is, it doesn't matter what we give him. Somebody would have done something because even if Milton Friedman had not come up with it, the government, because what would happen, would understand, hey, we got to do something. And right. somebody right. would have come up with that idea. But at the end of the, of the day, people, if you have not seen it, see the Phil Donahue uh, versus uh, 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 Milton Friedman. And it's like nine or 10 minutes, but it, it just it's beautiful TV. Yeah, it's beautiful television. So, it John, let's, uh, I want to wrap up with a, a topic. Uh, one of the IT actors. I don't think he's like a Tom Cruise. I think Tom Cruise is at truly once in a lifetime uh, in terms of popularity. I don't think he's a great actor. But uh, Keanu Reeves, you mm. know, uh, he's an icon of our generations, multiple generations. And we, I want to talk about his movie, Constantine. It, 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 it was a hit. Uh, didn't get good reviews, and we'll talk a little bit about the storyline. But at the end of the day, uh, Keanu Reeves, what do you think of him, just in general? I think more of him as a human being than I do as an actor, if that sort of makes sense. Yeah, it makes Meaning, perfect. I think as an actor, I don't think much of him as an actor, to be honest with you. Like, I keep thinking that the guy who played in uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, like the, hey, yeah, well, the surfer yeah, dude. Fair enough, fair enough. But I, I, I think he's... He's, to me, he's not a bad actor. I, no, I just, no, I, I, I just lump him in with the rest of the acting group out in Hollywood. Right. That, Correct. You know, because honestly, John, there's only been, I bet you we can both count on two hands each, how many movies were like, oh my God, that deserved an, uh, you know, an Oscar there. Right. And I'm not talking about uh, oh, uh, uh, the Chicago Bears. What's that movie called? What? Chicago Bears, uh, you know, the, the running back, fullback uh, love fest. He died of cancer. Oh, uh, um, Walter Payton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the movie called? Oh I, no, you're you're thinking of um, 
um, you're thinking of the story with Brian, uh, Brian's yeah. song. Brian's song, yeah. yeah. Supposedly every guy. So you taking those movies aside, right? You probably count. And my point is, Keanu Reeves has not been a, a bad. He's been doable and everything. The Matrix series put him on the map. Real quick story on that. He was talking to. He was visiting a friend. They're about the same age, which puts them at our age. And uh, the friend's kid had never seen The Matrix after he explained to him. And, and so he explained it to him. And the kid goes, well, why did people want to leave The Matrix? Right. And I'm telling you, John, that's a dystopian future. But it, we won't see it in our lifetime. But with the virtual machines and putting that stuff on, eventually we the human body is going to be built at a certain age you go from living a life to living in a pod i listen it out of fantasy land. listen not to not to distract too much but a, a friend of mine from high school is now a, an addiction specialist he's a he's a doctor who's an addiction specialist and of all the things that he's specializing when it comes to addiction it's screen addiction addiction to our devices and he's become like uh, one of the world's authorities on it he's written two or three books i think he just recently had and his name is dr uh, nick kadaris and he like he was talking about cases like where you see three-year-olds if they see a picture in a frame you know like if they have mom and dad's wedding photo yeah yeah you'll see two and three-year-olds walk up to it and say mommy daddy and then they'll do this to the picture frame they try to swipe the oh, yeah, physical yeah, yeah, picture yeah, yeah. And they they can't understand that it's not an iPad, that it's not an iPhone, because that's from the crib. That's yeah. all they've known. So that there is this physical addiction, and now it's being measured, uh, William. So you're absolutely right. What Keanu Reeves said, that little anecdote, I believe that 100%. And that's but why I, I said I like him more as a human being, because when you read the stories of his generosity, his kindness to people how he lives very down to earth from every article I've ever written, uh, ever read rather. He seems like your atypical Hollywood A-lister, meaning yeah, yeah, you know, no, very no, down I, to earth. seems like exactly. a good guy, uh, exactly. but, but uh, his acting prowess, very average in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And I actually say it as that's a good thing. Cause a lot of action hero, I mean, let's be honest. Everybody loved Arnold, but could Arnold act? No. 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 no, I think Stallone's actually improved exponentially as an actor. But when he started, I think uh, the writing the Rocky screenplay kind of gave him the gravitas he needed because one one of the biggest hit knocks on him was his acting. You know, so uh, so at the end of the interview, as a positive look, he's coming off a John Wick series that's still ongoing. Uh, I think his only downfall. Uh, the last few years has been the last Matrix movie. And I finally saw that big job. Horrible. And yeah, yeah, it was as woke as woke can be. Look, people, call me a terrible human being, but I'm of the old school. An average sized man will beat the shit out of an average sized woman, period. You know, so I don't like woke movies that show the opposite because I do believe young girls will see that. They're going to go up to their boyfriend and it's not going to turn out like you want them to believe it will. You know, right. so uh, and to me, it to me though, that had nothing to do with it outside of the fact I knew uh, that made that that was the power behind it. At the end, they just made him a weak, tired ass pajama boy, and she got the glory at the end. But it was honestly a boring movie, and I did think Doogie Hauser, uh, he did not fit the role, and I would never have cast him for the role, but he played the role very well. 
I just didn't like him in that role, but I had no issues with the acting. It just seemed that, I mean, he is always going to be Doogie Hauser and uh, How I Met Your Mother. Uh, he played a very, very playboyish character in, in that. But anyway, uh, Keanu Reeves did a movie called Constantine. And I believe it came out right around 2005. It's based off of DC Comics. And, and you know, it was kind of an average movie. You know, John Keanu Reeves is John Constantine. And he's a very popular character in the DC universe. And he's an exorcist. Uh, he can talk to angels. He can talk to demons. And obviously humans, too. <laughs> but it grossed about $230 million. And its production budget, Big John, was only 70 to $90 million. But no talk of a sequel happened. You know, it, because it, it did get mixed reviews. It got an R rating when they were making it for a PG-13 audience. And I believe this when directors say, hey, I could have done a different movie. But I thought it was going to be an R rating. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, 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 there's a filmmaker there. And then it was not, and it was an action film, but not with a lot of action fighting, but more action scenes like fires right, and explosions, right, right. things of like that. So you never truly bonded to his character as an action hero. And it wasn't as deep as it could have been, but you did bond to his character. And uh, but but the final caveat on this is it was based on religion, you know, heaven and hell. At the end of the day, that's always religion. And unless it's done in a Greek mode, you're going to lose some of your audience as well. So a sequel never came about. However, they're talking sequel now. Did you ever see the movie, Big John? I did. Um, I have to admit, I only saw it once or twice many, many years ago. It kept my attention. Uh but I see where its problem was. I, I really do. Okay. Well, in my experience. Well, hold on, hold on. Everybody, Big John has a history of filming his background. He does shows. He's written. He's directed. So yeah. uh, this isn't just like me talking out my tush. In a very, very hackish way. But yes, I appreciate you saying that. But no, I was going to say, look, if you think of religious religious themed movies that have been successful. The Exorcist. The, the Exorcist is the first one people come to mind. Uh rosemary's baby things yeah. like that um they fall into two general categories they're either horror type religious movies and that would be like the devil type things like the exorcist like rosemary's baby and that and cultish right, right and that right. was the wave in the late 60s early 70s right it was all these satanist movies cult movies oh crap this may be happening in your neighborhood without you even knowing it right yeah that was the one string the other strain is the truly uplifting religious movies. Like uh, someone gets cancer, they're they're dying, they're disconnected from their family, they rediscover their religion, then they love everybody again, everyone's happy, a miracle happens, oh, right? Oh, what you're saying is it's the Hallmark Bible version. There you go. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's a good way of putting it, the Hallmark. And when religious movies are generally successful, they fall into one of those two categories. Right. I think your the point that you mentioned earlier is probably the case with Constantine. It didn't know what it wanted to be. You correct. For example, you look at you mentioned the John Wick series that Keanu Reeves is in. I love oh, that okay. stuff. Nothing but action. Yeah. I'm not in there for the writing. I know what? the storyline is a basic plot, and boom, go kill yeah. some. And, and it has nothing to do with acting either. It is literally just gun, one gunfight after another, right? Yeah, but John, on on I mean, on that note though, uh, choreograph fighting—that's an art. I, I'm not gonna say it's acting, but that's an art. No, no, agreed, agreed, agreed. 
I, I do. And, and I'm full disclosure. I love the John Wick movies. I could sit there and enjoy them. It's mindless and it's entertaining. And I, and I could see everything over and over again. They but, should have an Oscar for the best action scene because the, the way these movies are going, you know. Anyway, yeah. go on. So when I think of Constantine, also the fact that the director said, hey, I thought I was making a PG-13 movie and they went ahead and slapped an R on it. If if I knew that was going to happen, I would have made an R movie. And for people who think that's more of an excuse, let me give you a good example. Think of Deadpool. Oh, Deadpool yeah. was the first superhero movie that was made having an R rating in mind. That's why they curse. That's why they have sex scenes, like real sex scenes in it. That's why they make all sorts of weird jokes that you typically don't see in comic books or comic book movies. And Deadpool, as it turned out, for a lot of different reasons, became a super successful superhero movie. Oh my God, it's it's it's, our, it's my favorite. It's the only superhero film I watch kind of like once a year when there's nobody on, the wife's somewhere, it's still, right. still awake. You know, but you're right. It's one of the best ever made movies. And uh, you're absolutely right. You know, and this dealt with uh, amnesia, Catholicism, or however it's said. I'm Catholicism, Catholicism. Catholicism. Yeah. And uh, yeah, us Latinos were brought up in, in, in the Catholic way. So, you know, it, it was, if, if you're a typical Christian, no, you know, no second thoughts if you're not, maybe not. But even then, it didn't really grasp us, but it made a lot of money. You know, so yeah, two, uh, uh, 230 million for a movie that costs 75, 80, 90 million is fantastic. That's it, yeah. it, it, it more than doubled its production cost, so it has a very nice profit to it. So they couldn't have been upset. I think the other thing was, one thing wasn't was there a TV series? Was yeah, there... but that came later. But I, but the one thing I do, I just remembered as you said that is there was ownership change at the big uh, uh movie studio and 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 uh because of everything i mentioned earlier uh it didn't know and what you said rather said it best it didn't know what it wanted to be and some of these things just language in development hell where somebody says what about this that's a good idea just sit on it while we get these other projects and then the next boss sit on it sit on it but i think he's writing hot now and we have a fragmented society in terms of how we watch television sure. and and believe it or not the superhero genre is a genre that transcends many, many uh, uh, layers of human beings in terms of how we Americans are. Uh, uh, Constantine's a comic book, a black kid, a white kid, a, a Native American, a Greek kid. We all grow up. You know, it's not like I go to my Latino heroes, he goes to black heroes, he goes to Asian heroes. You know, it, it's a universe unto itself and the players are already set and made. So. Yeah. So it's, it's our mythology. It's our mythology. Exactly. There you go. Thank you. So, so these type of movies will always, I think, find a spot in Hollywood. And with John Wick riding high, superhero movies on the rise. Uh, you know, Warner Brothers needs a desperate hit based off the everything that's gone south with their Batman or Batgirl series. So, uh, who you know, hopefully it'll get a good kick in the butt. I am actually looking forward to seeing it. And I love Keanu Reeves. Uh, I don't love. I love him after he did John Wick. Mm. I was like, damn, he can be a badass actor because he made a he made what what should have been a straight the video Nick Cage type production, right? Exactly, yeah. an actual franchise. So I mean, and not many people can do that. People like Harrison Ford, he didn't make Indiana Jones. He signed on. That was a whole group effort, but he signed on into a, a formula. This right. was a little B movie, and his 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 gravitas, a new word I learned, yeah, <laughs> is carrying carrying him. Any final words on the movie, John? I thought no. based off your, on your acting and producing and writing. 
Well, let's put it this way. I, I, if it came out, I definitely see it. Um, and uh, you mentioned that John Constantine, the name itself is probably a Greek name. So it's, it's interesting to me, like just being Greek myself to be like, okay, how did they develop this character? Is he a Catholic on, apostate? Uh, I don't know. So it was interesting exactly. to He's me. He's not Harry. Huh? He's not Harry. He's not Harry, as far as we know. Um, yeah, people, that's a joke against Chris. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a joke. Yeah, okay, I got you. I got you. I'm a little unkempt. I got you. Yeah, yeah all right, people. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, John's a connoisseur of uh, of movies, film, industry. Uh, and make sure you always catch his, the way I see it. Deals with sports a lot, but he takes that type of background into it. So it's always a good read. John, any final words here, my friend, before we close this out? No, man, William, I, I enjoyed doing the show tonight. Uh, and again, we did mention uh, when you come to points on the board, we it's, it's sports foundations, but we try to bring in everything, you know, the politics, the pop culture, because it is all interrelated. They're not easily separated and, and compartmentalized. So I enjoyed that. I always enjoy doing a show with you, my friend. I know uh, so, uh, lately we've had some trouble getting points on the board uh, out the door uh, usually because we're involved in the other projects on the site that we have to get out as well. So we're trying to build these things up. So I want to remind people, uh, come back, check out points on the board, but also check out our other content. Uh, William, uh, did me a favor by mentioning my, uh, way I see it column. I'll mention by saying he does the roundup on the site. So if you, you know, which is a great article to catch up on the high level events of the week. That have been taking place so go check out the uh the roundup also check out his podcast fired up if you're a conservative uh and especially if you're a conservative in california you'll find his that show to be fantastic typically you'll 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 end up throwing crap at your screen because that's how william works people up he'll work people up into a lather because of his passion for politics especially conservative politics. And William, I'm going to give you one piece of advice before I shut up here. Okay. You mentioned Milton Friedman and uh, when he did his guest appearance on the Phil Donahue show, right? you were talking about a 10 minute clip, but if you could, you could see the whole episode, it's about an hour long okay. and, yeah. and it's even better. But the one I will now that I saw for the first time two nights ago on YouTube, it was unearthed is Milton Friedman on the William F. Buckley show firing line one-on-one. -on -one. Oh, yeah, that's been on up there now for a few months. Right. And if you ever want to see the classic, how is a conservative different from a libertarian? Didn't he destroy Buckley in that battle? He did, but I'm being fair. Uh, watch that. Buckley, who was one of the more intelligent, um, philosophical but, conservatives. But his weakness, John, one could say was his ego. Oh, absolutely. No, yeah. no, absolutely. To me, just thinking of it, Milton Freeman's, uh, he hung with the elites, uh, but he was not an elite. He was a humble man. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly whereas, see, and when I see it, I will always put my money on the humble because the intelligence is probably arguably the same. So yeah. it becomes the arrogance of one over the other. Well, and, you know, it's funny, William. Um, in my youth, I was a huge fan of William F. Buckley's. And at one point I actually got the opportunity to meet him. Amen. And um, he, we actually started corresponding old school, you know, with written letters. I have a couple of them in my library. Um, Did he know Jeffrey Epstein? Is that what you're trying to say? No, here? no, I'm not. <laughs> but, what, but it was interesting because at that point I had just started on my libertarian journey. Gotcha. So for example, we used to get into arguments via letters. It's hilarious. 
uh, where I would write William F. Buckley and say, I disagree with your stance on drug prohibition, for example. And I remember would, John was a conservative back then. I was a conservative. And I was saying, like, I don't understand why conservatives are pro-drug laws. I don't understand why you're pro-censorship. Uh, these are very non-conservative concepts to me. So, so, but hold on. So, uh, the uh, so the the end. This though is was Buckley uh, a big ego? Or was he a down to earth man? He had a very large ego, gotcha. and he had a very high opinion of himself. Uh, a lot of it justified. People forget he was a CIA agent. He started the world's uh, premier uh, conservative magazine, the National Review. That was his That's baby. He's, he found yeah. He founded that. He he yeah. ran it for years. Um, I can't tell you how many years he was voted the best interviewer on television, and he was doing a PBS show. So no, no, no. It's uh, Buckley is 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 a conservatism that's kind of almost forgotten now because most of the people his proteges are 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 older than us, and the newer proteges have gone full tilt, you know, on their knees to go make some money and sided with uh, uh, liberalism. Well, 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 he he like he was very much a Goldwater conservative. If people remember who Barry Goldwater was and. Um, he's the guy who lost to he got he's the right. first one who lost 49 states to um, well, Lyndon well, Johnson. On, Speaking of, to the audience, John's uh, uh, coming from a libertarian background, his growth, which which brings up our final plug here. Big question. The big questions with Big John. Ah. He's been on a libertarian tear lately. Yeah, I have. Sharp, Spike Cohen, Matt Nagan, uh, Bob Zedek, Zedek. Right. Also, Larry Sharp, who's running for oh, governor yeah, here in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So make sure you so make sure you head out to www.sportsgrumblings.com. It's like I'm old school. I still say the www. Yeah. Sportsgrumblings.com. You'll find our articles and our podcast, and we'll have more new stuff coming along sooner than you think. You know. And so everybody, thank you for listening, Big John. We're gonna uh, kiss him tonight, and until next time. See you later, folks. 